Hello, this is Kenny Williamson, and welcome back to the McKill's Deck Chronicles. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between resurrection and resuscitation. We have several instances in the Bible where different people were raised from the dead. Now, these people had died for whatever reason, and they were raised. But the question is, were they resurrected or were they just resuscitated? I'm going to go over some scriptures that talks about resurrection, and then I'll go over a little bit about what I would call resuscitation. So one of our first scriptures we will get into here is actually found in John 5, John chapter 5, 28 and 29. And this is Jesus talking here, and he's saying, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which that all are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They shall have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Now, from my understanding, what Jesus is talking about here is there are two different resurrections that he's referring to here. The first resurrection would be that of the church, which happens at the rapture, at the beginning of the tribulation. This is the scene where Jesus comes down into the clouds and calls up all of the church and calls up the dead in Christ who are already buried. And then everybody that's still alive is caught up and changed in the twinkling of an eye. Now we find more evidence to support this in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 where it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So if you're going to forever be with the Lord... Basically, at that point, you would have everlasting life. That right there would be considered a resurrection. You are being resurrected. It's the first resurrection. And you're being resurrected. And you are ascending up to meet Jesus in the clouds. So that's pretty self-explanatory to me right there. So let's move on to 1 Corinthians 15. And we'll start at verse 49. And this is Paul talking to the church of Corinth. So this is a letter that was written to the Corinthians from Paul. And it says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So there you have it again. You're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye, and the dead will be raised incorruptible and forever changed. So obviously right there we're talking about a resurrection. You're being resurrected into an immortal body. 
We also have in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, about verse 4, um, they're talking about Jesus here, and it says that, And he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And then it goes on to say that he was seen by 12 different people, and then an additional 500 people, and then several more people. So, referring to Jesus when he rose again on the third day, he was resurrected on the third day. And of course, we know from there, he ascended back into heaven. So we know that this resurrection, obviously, this referring to being rose again, is raised back into immortality. Of course, he was already God, made flesh, but his body, which was actually crucified and put into a grave, was resurrected, in which he was obviously reunited back into the body, and then him in this new body ascended back into heaven. So now let's look at a couple of instances of resuscitation. One of the first ones I came across here is in 1 Kings chapter 17, and it starts off in verse 17, and it talks about Elijah, and it says that when he, when it came to pass that after these things that a son of the woman, mistress of the house, he fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. So in other words, he had a bad sickness and he died. And this lady says to Elijah, well, what have I done, you know, basically to deserve this? You came into me, to my house, and all of a sudden my son dies. So, you know, it must be your fault. And so he said unto her, give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him on his own bed. So, you know, he does some praying and stuff. And it says, basically, he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, My Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come back into him again. So right there tells you, you know, when the body dies, the soul leaves. Okay. So the soul has left him. He's prayed. And the Lord heard his voice. And the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. So Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him into his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. Now, right there is the first instance of resuscitation. So we have a kid that's died. Elijah comes along. Well, Elijah comes along, and then the kid dies. The mom gets upset. Elijah prays over the child. The soul comes back into him, and he's back alive. However, that child did not live forever. He was not resurrected and got into an internal-type body that ascended to heaven. He is in a regular flesh and blood body here on earth, and he was revived, and he lived. But the Bible doesn't mention him ever again, so we don't know if he lived a year or two or if he lived to be 100 years old. But he did die again. So this is an example of a resuscitation. So now we have our second example of resuscitation, and it's found in 2 Kings, and it actually happened with Elisha, which came after Elijah. Um, Elisha was 
the guy who basically followed Elijah, Elijah was taken up into a whirlwind and disappeared. He was an example of one of the first raptures, which we discussed in a different podcast. So Elijah disappeared, and now we've got Elijah. So Elijah was running around out here, similar thing. He comes up to a house, and the lady says, hey, my child's dead. And it says, you know, he came up to the house, and behold, the child was dead and laid up on his bed. So he went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them and prayed to the Lord. It says, He went up and he lay on the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands, and he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked into the house to and fro, and he went up and stretched himself upon the child, and then the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Now, I'm not sure what the significance of the child sneezing seven times. I mean, so the child died. Here comes Elijah. He does all this stuff and prays. And next thing you know, the child wakes up. He sneezes seven times and wakes up and he's alive again. So the scriptures go on. It doesn't really mention the child ever again. So we don't know how long the child lived. We don't know what happened after that. So this was a resuscitation. The child died. He was resuscitated, but he was not resurrected. Now from this point, did he go on and ever become saved or anything? And will he be in the actual resurrection? Like resurrection into life? I don't know. This kid, you know, may have turned bad after this, and maybe he's going to be resurrected into damnation at the end. We don't know. Now this particular instance of resuscitation is very interesting to me because we just talked a little bit about Elijah. You know, he was a great, he was a great prophet. He followed, you know, Elisha, followed Elijah, and they're both great prophets. But later on in Second Kings thirteen here twenty, it's talking about Elijah, and it talks about when Elijah died. Okay, so and what it says here, it says, and Elijah died, and they buried him. Okay, simple enough. And the bands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming of the year. Okay? So as it came to pass, they were burying a man. So they're marrying, they're burying a different man. And that behold, they spied a band of men. And they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elijah. So the grave. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elijah, he revived and stood up on his feet. So you want to talk about weird. So basically, Elijah is over here buried, and he's dead in the grave. And he's in a sepulcher, so I'm assuming that means they can roll a stone away or something and get to the bones, or take a top off or something. And so he's dead. He's been dead as far as his body goes. And they're fixing to bury a guy, and here comes this, you know, marauding band of Moabites walking around and they're probably thinking to themselves, hey, these guys are going to catch us out here and kill us, so just chunk this body over here in this other grave. And it just so happens the grave they chose, well, is Elijah's. So the guy gets down in there and touches the bones. Well, next thing you know, he's revived and he stood up on his feet. So, again, we don't know anything else about this man. We don't know anything about the man, his name, or anything 
other than he was revived or resuscitated and I guess went on. You know, we don't hear anything else about him. So obviously he probably went on and died again. We don't know what he died from the first time, why he was even being buried. But something killed him. So now he's been revived or resuscitated and lived for no telling how long and died again. So now moving on up a little further into the New Testament, we have in the book of Matthew 27, 52 and 53, this is talking about Jesus. Now, Jesus also resuscitated people. So in this particular verse, it says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. This is talking about when Jesus himself died on the cross. And it says, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. So basically, they had a little tabernacle and had this great big veil that covered up the um, Ark of the Covenant. And basically, whenever Jesus, the moment he died, that real big thick cloth was ripped in half. And that has a significance, but we're not really talking about that in this episode. So, this particular verse goes on to say, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. So, they're talking about Jesus' resurrection. So Jesus dies on the cross, and he gets resurrected three days later. And so that is an actual resurrection, as we know. But somewhere right here in the middle of this, right at he gets resurrected, we have these graves that are open, and it says, Bodies of the saints which slept arose. So it doesn't mention who these saints are and what happened to them after they arose and then appeared to many different people. So in this particular case, I would say that these guys here, since they were, all it says is arose, but they rose at the same time that Jesus was resurrected. And I would assume these guys then have, were probably resurrected and probably ascended up into heaven as well. It doesn't really make any sense to me that these guys would be arose up out of their graves after being dead for all this time and then, you know, just basically dying again. That doesn't really make any sense. I think they're probably resurrected. Okay, so we have another one. This is an example of resuscitation. This happened in Mark 5, um, around chapter 35 through 43, and this is Jesus here. And he was speaking, and it says, While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house a certain person which said, Thy daughter is dead. It goes on to say in 36, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And jump down to 39 here, it says, And when he was come in, he saith to them, Why make ye this, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but only sleepeth. Okay, and they laughed. It says, they laughed at him to scorn. But he, when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth them where the damsel was lying. So she was dead in there. He goes in there. It says, he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Tabitha, 
I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with this great astonishment. It goes on to say that he commanded that something should be given to her to eat. So she died. She's a 12-year-old girl. He said, Arise. She arose, and then she was hungry, so they gave her something to eat. Now, this little girl right here, it doesn't mention her ever again, once again, and she obviously died later on. She was not resurrected into any type of special body. She was just resuscitated back into your regular old earthly body where she went on to do whatever kids do and then probably died at an old age. I mean, at least we hope that she did. So we have another one here of resuscitation. It's in Luke 7, chapter 11. This is Jesus. He was out walking around, and it says, And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much of the people in the city were with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said to her, Weep not. And he came and touched him. And they that bare him stood still, and he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead set up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. So in this particular instance, Jesus was not asked to revive anybody, but he just happened to see that this mother was weeping, and she was a widow, and it was her only son, and he felt compassion, so he revived or resuscitated the boy. So, again, not into any special body, into your normal earthly body. And, obviously, this kid later on died again. Now we come to one of my favorite events whenever a person was resuscitated, and that is Jesus' friend Lazarus. So, this takes place in John 11, and there's multiple verses, but I'm going to start at 11. But basically, um, Lazarus had died, and it says, These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of his sleep. So Jesus was a ways away from him and heard he was dead, and he tells his disciples, Hey, I'm going to go wake him up. Of course, the disciples didn't really understand. They just thought he was asleep. So they're like, in verse 12, they said, If he sleep, he shall do well. So they just thought, Oh, he's just normal sleeping. Then he goes on to say, Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of just taking of a rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So he just finally comes out and says, Well, he's not sleeping, he's dead. So he has to make a trip to get to him. And basically it says, you know, verse 17, Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave for four days already. So Lazarus had been dead for four days. And Martha, talking to Jesus, says, you know, if you had have been here, my brother had not have died. Because, you know, she assumed that because they were friends, Jesus would have never let him die to begin with. So Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection of the last day. So when Jesus says, well, your brother's going to rise again, Martha says, well, yeah, he's going to rise in the resurrection. 
Well, of course, you know, because he's dead in Christ. So yes, he is going to rise in the resurrection. So in verse 25, Jesus proceeds to tell her, says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. So that brings us back to he who believes in Christ will have eternal life. So as he continues on here, he gets closer and closer because I'm sure they're afoot walking. And he gets a little closer and he asks in 34, verse 34, and says, Where have you laid him? And they said in him, Lord, come and see. And then John 11, 35 is the shortest verse in the Bible. And that is Jesus wept. That's So if anybody says, hey, what's the shortest one in the Bible? There's a short verse in the Bible. It's two words. Jesus wept. He wept over Lazarus. So, Jesus said, Take ye away the stone, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead for four days. So Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou would believe, thou should see the glory of God? And so we jump down to verse 43, and it says, When he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And then he was, he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. So that's the story where Jesus, as people will say, resurrected Lazarus, but actually Jesus just resuscitated him. I mean, he was clearly a rotting corpse. And obviously, in this resuscitation process, you can be completely restored back to a normal, healthy, living person. Because again, Lazarus died and is at this point rotting and was still managed to be resuscitated back into a healthy, healthy guy. Now, did he live forever after that? No, he did die again. So this one here, um, an act of resuscitation, is from Acts 9, 35, and this is the Apostle Peter, and basically a lady by the name of Tabitha died, and they had laid her down in her upper chamber. Um, verse 40 says, But Peter put them all forth, and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body, said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when she called the saints and widows, presented her alive. So in this particular instance, um, Apostle Peter did some praying and a lady was resuscitated. Again, she later died. Now, this is also one of my favorite ones because of the instance and what happened here. Um, this is in Acts chapter 20. Um, verses, I don't know, 7 through 13, roughly. And this is the Apostle Paul, and he's preaching, okay? And basically, it says, you know, Paul preached unto them, and he was, he was preaching. And it says, And there were many lights in the upper chamber, and they were all gathered together, okay? And there sat in a window a certain young man, and being fallen into a deep sleep. So here we have Paul preaching, and we have this young man listening, and he's sitting in an open window, and he falls asleep. And as Paul was long preaching, 
He sunk down with his sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. So here we have a kid sitting in a window up on the third floor listening to a very long sermon. He got tired, fell asleep, and fell out of the window and fell down and killed him. And so Paul went down and fell upon him and embraced him and said, Trouble not yourselves, for there's life within him. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. So they were greatly comforted. So Paul resuscitated this young man. One of the reasons I really like this is this reminds me of a friend of mine, and I won't say his name on here, but he knows who he is. This reminds me of something he would do. He would be sitting up in a window and fall asleep and, you know, fall three stories down and get hurt or killed. I can I don't think he would just be sleeping though. I think he'd probably have something to do with he'd probably have something to do with strong drink. But uh I can I can see him doing that. I can just picture him doing it. But anyway, so these are some examples of what I wanted to go over resurrection versus resuscitation. So there are both in the Bible, and we have lots of stories, as you can see. And there are people who have been resurrected, and there are people who are going to be resurrected. And so we can see by these um, scriptures here that when your body dies, your soul leaves your body. Okay, we have other verses to support this that says to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. And that's where we get this whole thing, this doctrine that says when you die, you're going to go straight to heaven. Now, that's assuming that you're saved. This doctrine also teaches that if you're not saved, when you die, your soul will go to hell. Okay, so... You know, you've got a choice there. It's a 50-50 choice. But, and I hate to say this, but you see these different things. It says, you know, you've got these where it shows somebody has died, and they're like, oh, they're, they're in such a better place now. Well, they're only in a better place if they were saved. You see, the Bible clearly teaches that the soul departs from the body upon death. Okay, so the body dies and gets put in the grave. And the soul either goes to heaven or goes to hell. Now, whenever the resurrection happens and your body's there and your soul's already in heaven, your body is going to be resurrected and paired back together with the soul in a new body, a new everlasting body. And the reason this is, is man has got three parts. He's got body, spirit, and soul. So a man cannot be complete without his body. You can be floating around there as a spirit and you've got your soul, but without your body, you're missing a piece. So that's why your body is being resurrected. So in my humble opinion, you're a lot better off getting saved now while you still can. And, you know, I could understand it if this was some horribly long drawn-out process that takes millions of dollars and you have to be a special person and you have to be really good and righteous otherwise you'll never make it no no it's actually very very easy and simple all you've got to do is admit you're a sinner believe Jesus is Lord and then call upon his name I mean we've got scripture after scripture which teaches that so all you've got to do is you know hey admit you're a sinner hey admit you're a sinner 
The reason you admit you're a sinner is because, you know, if you can't admit you're a sinner and you don't believe you have a problem, why would you need to be saved? If you're that perfect and that righteous that you're not a sinner and you can't admit it, you know, why would you need a Savior? I mean, the Bible clearly teaches that you are born a sinner and you have to be born again to get into heaven. And, of course, that's born spiritually by accepting Jesus Christ. So, you know, admit you're a sinner, believe Jesus is Lord, and call upon his name. It's really that easy. So, I sure appreciate you listening. Um, I've got some more topics to talk about here in the future. If you guys have any suggestions or would like to hear anything or have any questions, please give me an email at truthseekers2012 at gmail.com. So thanks again for listening. I hope this helped you and God bless you.